You're listening to another episode of the Just Go Bike Podcast. That's AKA Murph. And that's AP. And this is the podcast where we talk about cycling just for the fun of it. With tales from all over the nation, come for the bikes, stay for the fun, and leave with a smile. Well, hello, Murph. Well, hello, AP. How are you doing? I'm fantastic. We are in the final stretches of 2023 yeah. before we take our winter break. And I am—I uh, can see that finish line in sight and I'm ready to go. Awesome. It is crazy. I mean, this we have this episode and one more and then it's time to turn the page to 2024. Yeah, I know. And just yesterday I was writing some notes and I wrote 2022 on them. So I guess oh. I'm not ready. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say, don't you guys at RegBry start thinking 2024, like as soon as that logo comes out back in, uh, what was that, October? Yeah, months ago. So I have been thinking next year for several months now. So I don't know what my problem is. I think I need a little vacation. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, perfect timing. Yeah, coming right up. So Yeah. And, uh, you know, as we get closer to the end of the year, at least here in Iowa, I mean, the, you know, we've been talking about our 200 mile challenge and biking indoors and outdoors. And Mm -hmm. last night, uh, my bike club did a super fun festive ride. We all had lights on our bikes. And here in Cedar Rapids, um, we have a, like an amphitheater, an outdoor, Mm. um, you know, place where they have concerts and such right on the river. It's real beautiful. But this was the first year that they had different businesses around the area sponsor uh, like a lighted display. So you, you know, we get off our bikes, we walk through this, I don't know what you call it. Let's just call it a winter wonderland. Giving, giving everybody like an idea in their head, but like each each um, light display is a little bit interactive, meaning, you know, you put your head through here or you walk through a tunnel or um, there was like a little shed where I believe Santa comes at certain times of the week, but you could sit in Santa's chair and it was just so much fun. Like it made me feel like a kid again. Oh, I love that. Very festive. So after we finished playing with all the Christmas displays and the lights, we went, um, it was only like three blocks here in Cedar Rapids. The Big Grove Brewery is open. So, yay! man, it was so much fun. Oh, I'm excited to try that. Um, congratulations to Big Grove for opening their new brewery. It's, by all accounts, it's supposed to be awesome. So I can't wait to come up there and try it out. Yes. And we uh, had the, well, we had all kinds of food, but the Brussels sprouts, Mm. Very, very, very tasty. So mm. check them out. Now you're speaking my language. Yeah, I also, know. It- little side note about the Winter Wonderland location in the amphitheater. I have been there because I went to see Weird Al there a couple years ago. And it oh, was really? Awesome. It was freaking awesome. <laughs> so All just right. had to say that. <laughs> so let's get into this week's episode. Um, Andy Lang is our guest this week. Oh. And um, I know that you know Andy, and pretty mm-hmm. soon the listeners will know who Andy is, but... A tiny bit of a spoiler, but Andy is turning 70 soon. Oh, okay? happy birthday, Andy. Yeah, I know. Like, it may not mean that much right now, but um, as you know, everyone knows, I was recently in Florida riding bikes with the Rum Runner Tour, and Andy was part of that group as well. And he is a super, super strong cyclist. I would have guessed that he's been biking for decades. Like he was up in the front, you know, just going as fast as his little legs could take him. (laughs) Well, I learned in this interview that he's only been biking for a few years. 
Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, biking is one of those sports. You can take it up at any age. You just have to be interested in it and, you know, spend the time on the seat bike seat. So that's yeah. awesome. I haven't been on a bike with Andy, but I do get to see him on Ragbri and ride the Rockies and a number of primal events. So it's always a treat. Yes, I agree. And Andy's going to tell us about some of the rides he's participated in, including, of course, Ragbri. And one of the rides he mentions is Tour of the Moon bike ride. Um, I think this is a one-day ride. I can't recall. It's like either a metric century or a century ride, but it Mm. happens every year in September. Mm. Um, It's about a little over 2,000 participants and a portion of the registration fees support, I think it's called One Riverfront, oh. and uh, their you know coalition, Bicycle Colorado, which is pretty cool. But I'm bringing that up because of a connection that I remember you talking about. Yes. Uh, also, Bicycle Colorado is uh, the beneficiary of Ride the Rockies. So um, oh, cool. we donate a portion of money to them as well each year. Cool. Um, so, but yes, Tour of the Moon was made famous by the 1980s Coors classic and later in the cycling movie, American Flyers, which is the movie that I love to hate, <laughs> <laughs> which is, um, it's a, I don't know, 80s movie with Kevin Costner and he, for no reason whatsoever, has a cowboy hat on the whole time. I mean, he's from St. Louis and then he goes to Colorado. <laughs> he's not a cowboy. <laughs> But uh, it's all about competitive cycling, so it is cool. It's a cool movie. It's yeah. just not my cup of tea. Yeah. Well, while yeah. we were recording our interview, Andy and I, um, we had a lovely assistant who was kind of researching for us, and so mm. she pulled up like a little video, uh, like maybe just a little portion of the movie, and we were like, "Oh my gosh, look at the bikes! Look at their outfits! Look at yes. you know, their, everything about it." I don't recall the cowboy hat though, but yeah, it's fabulously retro and maybe if you listen to it without the sound on <laughs> you might enjoy it <laughs> but and um, we have to wanna... tell the list the listeners what the connection is because you talked about this movie on a podcast yes exactly um episode 248 reviewing our favorite bicycle movies with mike schulte so we were on a crossover episode with mike schulte from the confused breakfast podcast and the pork tornadoes band and we were reviewing our obviously our favorites, the ones we yeah. really love. And then I had to include this one because I, I tried to watch it and review it and I couldn't make it past 15 minutes. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but oh my gosh. Look, it's just not every movie is for everyone. That's okay. All, all right. But I, I uh, know I have not seen this film, so I, I can't give an opinion. But from what I've read... <laughs> It's kind of like a has a cult following. So I guess there are people out there that do like it. Maybe they do like cowboy hats on cyclists, but Well, I'm telling you. But I mean, my I really love the movie Breaking Away and it's from a similar era and it's a similar kind of um old school biking movie. And so I think there's some people who feel the way I feel about American Flyers about how I feel about Breaking Away. So like <laughs> anyway, I don't want to get into movies again. Um I'm so excited to hear all about Andy. Um Let's get onto the more positive part. (laughs) All right. Because I don't want to steal his thunder. He's awesome. Yes. All right. Well, here's my interview with Andy. Well, I would like to welcome Mr. Andy Lang to the podcast. How are you doing, Andy? I'm doing pretty good. Thank you. Good. We are enjoying one heck of a week here in beautiful Florida. Do you want to tell the listeners what you're, what we are doing? 
Well, we are here in uh, Key West. Yeah. We have uh, traveled down from Miami. We went through the Everglades, and uh, other than just the bike ride event, uh, the uh, organizer of this ride has uh, set up some various things, dinners, and yeah. uh, we went for a, a nice boat ride Is in the Everglades. What are those called? Air Airboats? Airboats. Yeah. Yeah. And um, we saw a, well, we saw several alligators that were captive, but we also saw one as we were cruising through, I don't know what you call them, the Everglades, right? Was that alligator real or was it stuffed and placed there? Because the pilot of the boat seemed like he knew exactly where it was going to be. What's your thoughts on that? Uh, he did seem to know exactly where it was. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and people in the boat asked them if they could, uh, you know, get the alligator to move. Yeah. Which he did not want to do because then the next boat would not know where to go. Right, right. As if he knew that the next boat would be coming and the alligator wouldn't just swim away. Right. So I thought that was kind of interesting as well. But it was a it was a fun boat ride and it was different. And um, we didn't point out, but uh, we're on the Rum Runner tour, which means we are bicycling. Because you said, you know, from Miami to Key West, and if before that we were in the Everglades. I think we started in Fort Myers. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. So we uh, we traveled uh, through some uh, neighborhoods with gorgeous mansions oh in there. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Don't you wonder what those people do for a living? Uh, or they probably do nothing now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, w I wish I knew because then I would be doing it. <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, will you tell the listeners where you are from and maybe if there's a cycling culture there? Uh, yes, I'm uh, from the Denver area, Denver, Colorado. I presently live in one of the suburbs in the southern part. Uh, the trail system in Denver is just incredible. Mm -hmm. And, of course, we are close to the mountains, so uh, that makes easy access to some good climbs. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, it's just a, a good community for cycling. Mm -hmm. I, I'm trying to, I mean, I'm, you know, we're in the middle of an interview, so I can't think too hard, but... I can't recall if I've actually biked the trail system in Denver. Um, like I've been in the San Juan Mountains and I've done all kinds of bike rides, um, been part of Ride the Rockies, but I don't know if I've actually done the trail system. So are you on them all the time? Uh, every Tuesday, yeah. uh, a group of us that ride a lot get together and we, we travel on a uh, trail that goes to along the Platte River. A lot of the trails in in the Denver area do coincide with the the various creeks and rivers and mm. so forth, and so that makes it a real scenic ride. Right. And then you can enter into the mountains pretty much in five or six different locations. Nice. So um, again, I don't recall how close this is to Denver, but I went on. I think it was called Million Dollar Road. Does that sound familiar to you? Oh, yes, the Million Dollar Highway. Yes, the uh, Million Dollar Highway, yes. That is, uh, that's in the mountains. It's uh, pretty much between Silverton and uh, Uray, Colorado. Uh, they call it the Million Dollar Highway because back in the day, it cost a million dollars a mile to build it. Oh. Which in those days was a lot of money. Right. And if I recall, it was not the best quality of road. I mean, it was... It was pretty sketchy. There is an area there where uh, the avalanches come down over the road and down the mountain. Wow. So 
there are also are no guardrails somewhere along there. So uh, you, you certainly want to mind your manners when you're going down. Yes. No texting and driving when you're on the uh, million no. dollar highway. No. <laughs> well, I wanted to have you on the podcast to talk about, um, of course, you know, about your experiences on RAGBRAI. Um, but just to talk about some of your bicycle adventures, because I think that um, I don't know how long you've been biking, but I know that you have been on some epic, epic bicycle adventures. So where do uh, you want to start? I'm fairly new to the sport. I've been riding for roughly seven years, although based on the friendships that I have and the, uh, the various people that I have known over the years, uh, I do a lot of cycling and have done a lot of events in Colorado. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there's a couple of that are no longer there. Uh, Elephant Rock, for example, in Castle Rock used to be a huge ride, but, uh, that is no longer available. However, uh, Ride the Rockies is a, a real popular one. Yep. Um, there's also one that, uh, is maybe more well known, uh, Tour of the Moon, and I have not heard of Tour of the Moon. So tell us, like, is it a one-day ride, a multi-day ride? Uh, it's a metric century ride. Uh, its claim to fame has a lot more to do with a Kevin Costner movie. Oh, I think we all know Kevin Costner. Or, no, I don't know him, but I know of him. In the movie, uh, he uh, uh, rides with his brother, and uh, the, the brother actually wins the race. Uh, the footage is incredible, however, uh, because the name Tour of the Moon has to do with the way the mountains look. You think you're on the moon. Oh, really? And what area of Colorado is this? Uh, it starts in uh, Grand Junction. And oh, it, okay. it comes back around into Grand Junction. It's just a gorgeous ride. And the, the movie is incredible. And what's the name of the movie? Do you remember? I, I believe I recall it was called American Flyer. Oh, American Flyer. Okay. And uh, we have an assistant looking it up for us. It looks like it was in 1985. Oh, my gosh. We're seeing a little clip, and they're all in crazy cycling kits, and the bikes are really ancient. So, okay. So we need to watch American Flyer. wonder if he still comes back and rides. The way it looked in the movie, uh, it didn't have a lot to do with real cycling. Oh. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, it, but he looked good. <laughs> of course, yes. Uh, I'm a big fan of Kevin Costner because of the movie that was filmed in Iowa, which is really close to where I live, um, Field of Dreams in Dyersville, Iowa, which is where my mother is from. So that was kind of a cool connection. Um, tell us about your experiences on like uh, Ride the Rockies. Ride the Rockies is interesting. Uh, the weather can change at any time. Oh, man. Isn't that the truth? I, I think possibly one of the coldest days I've been on a bike was uh, in the middle of the summer. The snow drifts had not melted off, and they're about 20 foot high right next to the highway. So uh, when the wind blows off of those snow drifts, you might as well be in the middle of the winter. Wow. And 20 feet high? 20 feet, yes. And I, I'll tell you what, I couldn't get down off that mountain fast enough. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I was uh, part of the crew for Ride the Rockies this past year. So I, I think AP and I were able to ride our bikes less than 20 miles one day because we were just overwhelmed with 
stuff to do for the ride because there was like a rock slide in the middle of the week and then I it was just crazy weather and then we had to shut down the ride we couldn't go over a pass one day you guys all had to be shuttled hours around a mountain so it was just um it was a crazy weather event this year it was probably better that they shut down the ride that day because it would have been pretty dangerous going over the pass yeah yeah so we have an assistant looking up uh, a few things about Ride the Rockies, but sh- she just said that you're known as the legend. What does that mean? Uh, the legend has more to do with uh, the swimming that I used to do with some of my current riding partners. Oh, okay. And uh, I happen to have won the belly flop contest. Oh, geez. Really? Uh, yeah. And uh, I'm almost 70, but um, <laughs> I know how to belly flop. So... <laughs> All the younger guys that did all the flips and all the athletic things just uh, didn't know how to do the flop. Wow. So one of the passes I know that you guys did on Ride the Rockies was Birth It Pass, and that was over 11,000 feet. And I do believe, yeah, 11,307. And I do believe for some of the riders, as you got to the top, it was like started snowing. Oh, yes, and that's not unusual for that pass. It has a reputation of being really warm at the bottom yeah. and really icy at the top. Yeah, and that's like that's really something you have to prepare for as a cyclist because if you're sweating as you're going up, you get to the top, you're all excited, you have to get your photo taken by the big sign, and then you probably freeze on the way down because you're going so fast. Oh, that's pretty much what I experienced, and uh, you, you work hard to get up the pass, so you're sweating, and yeah. then you come down, and the, the temperatures are in the 40s, so it's really easy to get hypothermia when oh, you're coming for down. for sure. Yeah. Wow. And then you mentioned before we started recording the Santa Fe Century. What's yes. that one? Well, that's a 100, uh, 100 miler down in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Okay. Uh, no it, snow, was there? Was there uh, any snow? No snow. <laughs> It's one of the earlier rides in the season. Um, okay, okay. So uh, it's pretty popular, and uh, I guess its claim to fame is uh, a hill that is well known as the Heartbreak Hill. Ah, why is it the Heartbreak Hill? Well, in, in Colorado, most of the passes that you go up, you, you pretty much zigzag your way up. The Heartbreak Hill goes straight up, and you see the whole thing as you approach. So it's intimidating to see that right, right. in front of you. Uh, it's not a real long ride, right. uh, and it's about 15 to 17% at the top. So it's not unusual to see people walking at that point. Wow, wow. And that's where the heartbreak comes in. That <laughs> is like, the heartbreak. Oh, man. Yes. <laughs> I and, would, oh, go ahead. And then, of course, when you finish that, you think you're done, and but then you have to get back to Santa Fe, and then the wind is a factor. Oh, got it. So I'm relating this to an experience that we had today. It was a place called Alabama Jack's Bar. Right when you, I think it's kind of the launch into the Keys, and it's a very intimidating bridge. It looks like it's straight up. Like, I just looked at it and kind of, like, had to catch my breath. But then when we pedaled over it, it wasn't really as intimidating as I thought it would be. I mean, I was I was just, I was A-OK. It was not a heartbreak hill. It's very similar in the way that it just goes straight up yeah. in a line. Yeah. But uh, it, it, uh, it's tough. It's a hard one. You have to be prepared for it, and you're right. definitely in your lowest gear. Right, yeah. And on a side note, some of our Rum Runner Tour um, compadres decided to race up that same 
bridge hill whatever it is and i guess i haven't heard if they actually succeeded but no that goal was 35 miles an hour yeah. and i think they got up to 32 or 33 oh wow which is still amazing because i think i was at maybe eight miles an hour but <laughs> <laughs> okay well let's get into um you have a pretty inspiring story in my opinion Tell us first about your some of your experiences on RAGBRAI, and then let's get into what happened to you a couple years ago. Uh, RAGBRAI is a very unusual ride. I believe it's the largest ride um, in, the in, world. in the world. Yeah. yeah, A lot of riders there. There's a big mixture of, uh, of uh, skills, and so uh, you have to be very careful, uh, especially in the beginning and the end. That's seems to be where the the trouble can occur mm-hmm. as far as the crowds like you're too many people yes and some of them are sort of bouncing off of each other oh, sure yeah yeah do you come back for Ragbrae each year i do mm-hmm. and uh i'll have to make a plug for my good friend dave edwards at primal yeah uh, he has been a real inspiration to me and i am fortunate enough to be invited back every year awesome and if listeners don't know he is uh he owns a company called Primal Wear, and they make kits, cycling kits, um, all kinds of cycling wear. Um, and if you've ever done RAGBRAI, you're probably, the jersey in your closet is from Primal. Yes, and uh, I, I'm going to have to get rid of all my street clothes because I don't have enough room for all my jerseys anymore. <laughs> but the jerseys are, are more important than the regular clothes. Yes, that's right, yeah. And I do think that... Um, he also is the official jersey for Ride the Rockies and several other events. Actually, many, many other events. Yes. Yeah. So tell us what happened to you on Ride Bribe. I mean, or will you tell us what happened to you on Ride Bribe? Well, uh, two years ago, uh, a good friend of mine and I, we ride together all the time. And uh, Wait, who's your good friend? We should give him a shout out. Oh, Kevin Miller. Oh, I yes. think he's been mentioned before. <laughs> Uh, but w- so we ride together all the time and uh, we're very familiar with uh, how we ride and, and so forth. But unfortunately, there was a hazard in the road and uh, he f- went down, fell down in front of me and I was right behind him. So I pretty much launched myself over him uh, and came down. Wow. It was uh, it was kind of horrific in that um, I sustained multiple injuries and uh, had to go to the local hospital. Um, They didn't quite have enough facilities there to accommodate uh, possible internal damage. Mm. So uh, I did get a free helicopter ride up to Rochester, Minnesota at the Mayo Clinic. Oh, wow. So so I was up there for uh, approximately a week and they uh, they uh, were very good. I can't give them enough credit for the, the professionalism that mm-hmm. they have there. They're probably the top hospital in the country. But I was there for about the seven, ten days and uh, took a uh, custom stretcher ride back to Denver. Uh, and this is an interesting story because at the time, you uh, your injuries didn't allow you to be able to sit in a seat on an airplane or in a car so you literally had to be laying flat, right? Oh yes, and uh, of course, uh, when you have to, when you're forced to move around, taking a shower and so forth, the the pain is excruciating. In fact, I believe I spiked a ten a couple of times on the pain meter. Uh, 
But I got through it, and uh, I came back to Denver and went into physical therapy. Mm -hmm. And uh, after about two months, uh, they cut me loose, and I'm on my way back. So how do you remember, was there a time when you're like, I don't know if I want to get back on a bicycle? I mean, that's a terrible, I mean, you had a lot of injuries and a lot, I mean, it's got to be a little bit of mental thought that, like, can I get back on a bike? Initially, that did go through my mind uh, at the point that I was very uh, much involved in the the injury. Yeah. But uh, after I started getting better, um, the the relationships and the friendships that I have accumulated through cycling uh, put me to the point where I just wasn't willing to give it up. Oh, yeah. Thank goodness, too, right? We would have never met. Well, yes, uh, I, the, the support system that I received from my friends that came and visited me at the, uh, the home, I call it the home, uh, <laughs> I was perhaps the youngest one there, um, but once I was able to get into a wheelchair, uh, I pretty much raced around the facility and uh, had a real reputation there, but the physical therapist loved me because... I was able to exceed, excel, and I had the motivation to get well. And what do you think, like, why do you think you had that motivation? Do you think it's because of the friends and the family that were, you know, surrounding you? That was a big part of it. Uh, I had been somewhat of an athlete in high school, and uh, so it was not my nature to, to give up. And... Uh, I uh, did not need any excuses not to get back into the, the cycling. So uh, it was motivational for me to, to move forward and have a goal. So you mentioned, you know, you're, you had to be at the old folks' home, right? And you were the youngest person there and that you've only been biking for like seven years. But I also think that you said that you were coming up on a milestone birthday, right? I'll be 70 in September. So you're saying, if I'm not a mathlete, but you're saying that you started cycling at 63? That's right, yeah. I'm pretty much late to the late to the sport, which yeah. I, I somewhat regret because uh, my compadres that I ride with, who who have been doing this for much longer, are are very very strong. Right, but you you're right there with them, and you're obviously enjoying it. I've been told that when you're uh, a little older, that it's harder to recover. Yeah, but I'm not going to use that in any way. I just uh, I'm going to set goals and uh, do my best to catch up wow so if you're out there listening to this and you are i guess you can be any age just know that there's no there's no cutoff to when you can try something new i I am a true believer in cycling and i just think that uh with the advent of e-bikes that it could possibly be something that more more people would enjoy yeah yeah i have a a friend in my hometown in Cedar Rapids, his name is Clarence, and he doesn't know how to use electronic anything, so I can't even give him a shout out. He won't hear this, but he's 97, and he um, started doing RAGBRAI, I believe, uh, nine years ago, and so he does RAGBRAI. This last year, it was so hot, and he had, I think he had his grandson or great-grandson with him, and he puts a little license plate on the back of his bike that rhymes with his age, so something about... I think this year it was something about I'm not in heaven 
I'm 97 or something like that. So it was just, I don't know. Not that I, I don't know if I want to be riding my bike at 97, but he does not have an e-bike. So maybe like he'll still be doing it at 100 and maybe, I don't know, who knows. I have seen many people older than I am on a regular bike yeah. that just pass me like I'm standing still. It's crazy. Yeah. I am not one of them, but I'm going to keep biking no matter what. <laughs> and after, you know, post-accident, you get back on the bike. Do you still have the skills for belly flops or is that something that you have not tried yet? Oh, no. I, I think I did a belly flop <laughs> at the hotel the second night <laughs> and uh, I splashed all everybody. Uh, it wasn't on camera, so I had to do it twice. Oh, geez. Yeah. But was the sec? I mean, was it documented the second time? Oh, yes. Uh huh. Yeah. It's kind of like Strava. You know, I feel like if it's not on, did it really happen? <laughs> so good thing somebody documented it. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, anything else you want to share with the listeners about like inspiring or motivation or anything along that line? I would love to, uh, especially in that. Uh, th- a, a sport that perhaps might be unfamiliar unfamiliar to you or something that you don't think that you can excel in uh, as long as you have the motivation to uh, to uh, improve yourself and, and set goals I think that uh, cycling or a lot of different sports are achievable and uh, if you have a backup system like I have had uh, it becomes a lot easier and I would say um, to add on to that most of it had to have been the mental, you know, like here I am in a, actually you were flat on your back for a while. Then you uh, upgraded, I guess you could say to a wheelchair and you had to have it in your mind that you wanted to get better. I mean, you could, you could still be there right now, but instead you're in Key Largo riding your bike with your friends. (laughs) It doesn't get much better than this. (laughs) Except we don't have any, I mean, we're on the rum runner tour. Have you had any rum yet? Uh, no, but uh, actually I have a cousin in California. Yeah. Uh, he has a distillery there, uh, Central Coast Distilleries. Shout and, out to uh, that guy. I've got a couple bottles here that I think we're going to open up here pretty soon. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing your story. And I'm glad that you made it. Well, thank you. Yes. Pleasure to be here. Well, listeners, that is it for this week. We both want to thank you for tuning in to listen to the Just Go Bike podcast. And if you'd like to contact us with a comment about the podcast, or maybe you have a topic in mind, you can reach us at justgobikepodcast at gmail.com. Or you can also follow us on social media at Just Go Bike on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast, especially if you're a fan. And if you have any extra time, pop on over to the Morphology Podcast for more bike adventure interviews. All right, that's a wrap. We'll be back next week. Until then, just just go bike! bike!